98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. See that right there, Basinonians? That's called Legacy. See, that's your legacy right there. What other people say of you. Very interesting. What you do and what you say, the decisions you make in your life. You don't actually have a say about your legacy. You really don't. Other people, that's their perspective. And that's why I love that intro with you, because that is your legacy. No, I appreciate that. You stop and think about that. I appreciate it. Decisions you've made in your life. Things you do, things you say, things you don't do, things you don't say. Yeah. That's your legacy. No, that's good. And we'll we'll get into it. Obviously, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and Hollywood Brown, right? And and that's a, a, it's a progression, too, right? Because I wasn't all, my legacy wasn't always that. You know, if we always going to be honest. Cause I even ta- heard you talk about uh, you getting in your brother's trans yes. right? And letting that thing yes. go, right? Yep. So we all have those moments. That's right. Right? Where we just let go and this is not who we are. Oh. Or we just go, you know, this young and dumb, 18, 20. People, we tend to forget as parents or grandparents. We, or we act like we forget, right? But if you're going to real be honest with yourself, We've made a lot of bad mistakes. I know I have. I've just learned from them. And I've been around other great men and women to help me transition and turn from those things to turn to something different. And ultimately, you know, for me, we just talked about it, right? It's, it's my faith at the, at, the co- at the core of that. That's so, right, but yeah, I appreciate that. So I don't want to derail our, no, our, our segment. Well, because you're saying like, yeah, oh, I kind of did. It's yeah, yeah. what I do. Yeah. See, I, I, like, I like what Zoe said more than what you said, Wolf, because if, if your legacy is based on what people say on rejoins of this show, Oh, mine is Jared Carl- Carlin oh, saying yeah. I'm anything except great. That's right. my whole legacy. It's like three seconds just destroying the everyday it's just of everyone. They, they're so worried about controlling yeah, their legacy. Right. You know, forget about that. Just live your life and yep. make good decisions in your life and say good things. Learn from the mistakes. Wow, look at this. We're like we're like uh, just doling out life advice. Yeah, life coaches through through uh, football. Zoe's going to become like a life coach at some point. Yeah, I'm in school for it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to say you kind of already are. Uh, all right, you brought up. Uh, Deshaun Watson in there. This is Ian Rappaport explaining the suspension and fine for Watson because it seems like we, if nothing else, have some finality on this story now. You know, the two sides, the NFL and the NFLPA, and those lawyers representing Deshaun Watson finally reached a point where they all could agree that it was time to put this issue, this long, long issue, months and months, year, year long saga to bed. And, you know, it's a situation, Judy, where uh, I would say both sides probably wanted. Uh, a little bit of a different outcome, like any compromise, like any negotiation. Both sides are not entirely comfortable with this, but it is certainly time to move on. So let's look at what this ended up being. It is an 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, nearly double the original suspension from Sue L. Robinson, who was jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA. This, of course, came uh, with the following the statements that Roger Goodell made, saying that Deshaun Watson deserved a full year, ends up short of that, but 
but certainly much more than these six games. He also is going to pay a $5 million fine, uh, which from my understanding is also going to go along with $1 million donations from the Cleveland Browns and from the NFL uh, to groups to promote healthy relationships and other uh, other such matters. A uh, couple things, a lot of things here. But, uh, so I'm going to start here on the football side of things. His first game back is December 4th in Houston. Right. I mean, there's just, there's no coincidences ever, right? Yeah, it's crazy. My, well, I, I, again, I'm on a text chain with a whole bunch of my buddies. That was the first thing. Yeah. Said, this first game is against Houston. Man, they, it couldn't make this story any better, right? But, you know, that's just obviously just what happened, coincidence as far as that. I don't know if they was trying See, to get away around that, I don't, I, that I don't know if they was so around it. Say, how else could they, honestly, 10 games. I thought it was going to be right. 10 games. Yeah. You know, 10 so do games 10 and then miss the Houston game? T- 10 games and then tw- or 12 games. That's what I thought it was going to be. But oh. to go 11, we're suddenly his first game back is going to be against the Houston Texans. Uh, if I was right. the NFL, I'd, I'd almost go forget about that. We'll go 10. <laughs> we'll go 10. But you still got to play Houston though. Look, uh, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. So if you go ten, you still you still you still got to play. So it's still going to be a story, but, but not his first game back. It almost looks like they planned it where it's going to be eleven weeks, where his first game back is going to be against the Texans. So, that only thing kind I can of say, bombs. right? Well, so the NFL, so the the PA, so let's say the NFL is like, well, we don't want this. The PA is on the other side saying, well, let's do ten. To your point, well, I know we know that's getting too far away from. So it's like a, a back and forth. I don't think they brought in the PR perspective on this because it's already a PR yeah, disaster. Disac- but it's already a disaster. Uh, yeah, it it's is. It already is what it is. You're it right. I don't it know if it get any worse. You're still. Well, I think you just made it worse by me almost trivializing it to a point where we're going to give you a suspension where your first game back is going to be against the Texans. It is. And I'm just playing devil's right. advocate. Yeah. Here, but it is the halfway point, basically, between a six-game suspension and a full-season suspension, I guess, technically. It just I mean, happens five, to be yeah. Houston. It really, it would be halfway point. At that point, you know, I'm like, appearance, I'm surprised yeah, I'm the PR guy in the room he probably didn't stand was. up and say, hey, they guys, told him wait to sit down and hour. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you sit down and shut up. And I know George Potty stood up and said something. That's the PA guy for the PA. No, you be quiet right now, my man. Let's, <laughs> we're trying uh, to minimize this thing. a little strange. It is a little strange. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But while Zoe's here, I do want to get into this other story. This is uh, Aaron Rodgers talking about his young receivers. Zoe, now remember, he's got young receivers because Aaron Rodgers making most of the money in Green Bay. I feel really bad for Jordan tonight because, you know, we had a couple, you know, total mental busts. We had a drop for a pick. We had, you know, two guys running who knows what. On the third one, I should have thrown the ball there probably, but some of that's veteran stuff, making veteran mistakes. So we're going to shift that perspective a little slight slight adjustment here moving forward because it's, it's getting close to that time where it's going to count, and I need guys out there I can trust. I mean, you know, I understand to a certain extent, maybe you're talking to your players through the media. Maybe you are trying to motivate, but there's a, there's a fine line, right? You know, they've got some rookie receivers. They've got very yeah. young receivers they're going to have to depend on because Aaron Rodgers is making most of the money. Yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's ever... I mean, especially the this later version of Aaron, right? Yeah, everything is, everything is in the, everything is in the media, right? For yeah. him, this is how he how he operates. I don't and I don't, and I don't know, you know, you know what he's doing, but that's part of it. But it, 
it sounds like he's about to take a more of an intentional, hopefully it's more of a leadership thing, like, hey, we got to get over this. So if I'm going to meet, we're going to come out here early. We're going to stay after practice. But we got to get this stuff dialed in because, first of all, I don't want to look bad on opening weekend. That's what it sounds like because yeah. this is just, this is uncalled for. So, but that's just how he's operating. I don't know necessarily know if I like that, that, that approach from a player perspective versus making it a we statements. You know, that's always the positive. Now you can, you know, when you get to a certain status, you can do whatever you want to, but it still looks bad on you when you, from a, inside the locker room standpoint. Now, ain't nobody going to say nothing to him because it's A-Rod, but still, being who he is and where he's at, he should definitely be making, hey, man, we didn't look good. We we were running bad routes out there, right? I, we know Aaron ain't running routes, yeah. but we just sounds like I'm a part of it because maybe I haven't worked with you as much as I should have knowing that you're young, right? You, you It becomes more inclusive and not just pointing fingers. All right, we come back. Kids can't wait, but you can make a difference. Our Giveathon Week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Kendall story. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports app. Giveathon on the Wolf and Luke Show. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the auction Indian community, continues. You can become a champion of hope, $20 a month, and a teddy bear will be donated to a patient in your name, and you'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. But, Wolf, obviously the bigger deal is if you can do $20 a month or more. We don't want to limit it to that. If you can do more, if you're driving around, call in at 602-933-4567. But if you can do $20 a month, it makes a huge difference in not only these children's lives, but their families, you know, the siblings. We always talk about the pairings. What about the, the, the siblings, right? Yeah. You're a four-year-old kid or whatever, and you've got a seven-year-old brother or sister. It just We hear some of these stories and how it impacts so many people and how Phoenix Children's is really helping a lot of them. You know, and I think there are so many people that are listening right now, too. One of the biggest mistakes that I think a lot of people make is, you know what, it's just one person. It really, it, I can't make it difference. <laughs> that is just so wrong, brothers and sisters. If you're listening right now, you can make a difference, a huge difference, all of us together. But it starts, that together starts with us individually. 602-933-4567. You, you can make a difference. $20 a month, become a champion of hope, and suddenly a child is going to get a teddy bear in your name. He's going to get a teddy bear, or she's going to get a teddy bear to hold on to as she gets chemotherapy because she's fighting cancer, or he's fighting cancer. A young child. Can you pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567? Wolf, we heard from uh, Los Altos Ranch Markets with a, a really nice donation last hour. And now we have Papa John's Pizza with a check presentation as well. All right, I'm sitting here with Jesse Rutledge from Papa John's Pizza. She is the Director of Marketing and Sales with Papa John's Pizza. Thank you for being here, Jesse. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's, it's great to have you here. So let's just get right into it. Papa John's Pizza. Uh, can send its money anywhere it wants to. Why Phoenix Children's? 
Phoenix Children's is near and dear to everyone's heart here in the Valley. So we're locally owned and operated. Every Papa John's um, here in the Valley is locally, or in Arizona is locally owned and operated, which means we all work, live, and play right here in the Valley, which means at some point, either we've had children at Phoenix Children's or we have, you know, siblings or aunts and uncles, they were impacted by Phoenix Children's or neighbors were impacted. At some point, everybody in this Valley has been impacted gratefully by Phoenix Children's Hospital. And it was important for us to keep those funds in the community that way. We love that. Okay, so with that year-long collection that you do with Papa John's Pizza, I know you have a big check to present. What's the number on that we check? We absolutely do, and we're so glad to be back again with a check this amount, and we are going to be presenting $25,000 to Phoenix Children's Hospital. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse and Papa John's Pizza. That is tremendous. We appreciate your generosity. Absolutely. Well, we can have the community help us make that check bigger for next year as well by ordering online using that code PCH, and next year we'll be back with more. You heard her. $25,000, Wolf, that's going to go a long way for sure. We, I just continue. I, I talk about this. I've talked about it every day this week, but the generosity of this community is, it's just impressive. There's no other you, way to put it. Yeah, it makes you want to order a pizza from Papa John's. <laughs> order like 20 pizzas. Right? Right. I'll take a double pepperoni, right. please, with jalapeno. Yeah. And, that, and that's a great point, right, right Wolf? We can You can be impactful by doing, just changing your habits yeah. a little bit, right? We all don't have time to be the hands and feet, maybe volunteer and give up our time and sacrifice our time and so i would encourage listeners so whether it's ordering for papa john's and using that that code or maybe you, you and your family on sundays go to starbucks or some whatever food restaurant maybe you skip one of those weekends right and that's twenty dollars right there mm-hmm. that we can incrementally find ways in our budget because i know times are out there to really make an impact and at the end of the day serve one another right that's the the second the greatest second greatest commandment right first one is Amen. love your god all your heart then love your neighbor like yourself right Indeed. and that takes sacrificing i think we can find that it's been a great this is a great community i've been embraced by it and i've seen the heart and soul of this community so i just want to encourage you guys just to continue to live that and, and make those changes yeah every every little bit helps it adds up quickly and, it, and we we've seen it we, we hear it with some of these stories the difference it makes in fact it is time for another story of hope presented by Mattaby Holmes. not all the stories that we get to share with you about the amazing place called phoenix children's have a happy ending though how does a family who loses a daughter at the age of three months mm. tell their story. What did Phoenix Children's give to the Jansen family? It was time. This is Kendall's story. Hi, this is Mike. And I'm Nikki Jansen. And this is our family's story. Wanted to have kids for quite a long time. We were able to have Cole and Adam. They were born in 2009. We were just so elated. In 2012, kind of a surprise of our life, Kendall was going to be arriving in September of 2012. Truly a gift and a miracle. We found out that she was a she, a girl. And also we found out that next breath that she was going to have quite a few challenges. We knew that her heart was unique to her alone. That's when PCH entered our lives. When you love someone, you open up your heart. She 
was initially diagnosed with tetralogy of Fallot. She also had absent pulmonary valve syndrome, a very compromised heart, and also did not have a valve. So her heart was significantly enlarged, which impacted her breathing, her ability to digest food. The doctors told us they weren't quite sure if she would make it to birth. We were set up with Banner Health to prepare for her delivery and then would be transported over to Phoenix Children's Hospital. She was in the hospital for 10 days. We were able to take her home. She was able to stay home with us, I believe, for 38 days or something like that. The doctors were very open with us that it wasn't if she would have complications. It was just a matter of when. I knew something wasn't right. She wasn't breathing right, and she looked like she was becoming more and more distressed. We took her to an emergency room. She seemed to be stabilized, came back home, and then the last time we just kind of knew that this was going to be a stay at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Then tragedy struck. She had a massive heart attack, and that's where, unfortunately, she had a stroke and became... Um, didn't have any brain activity, and the doctors guided us through that. They had a division of life care services that also guided our young boys, who were three at the time, through that struggle. The nurses there were second to none. Um, can't say enough about the staff at Phoenix Children's Hospital. I do a lot of coaching here in our community, and so I coach different age kids. My mind wanders quite a bit, you know. I wonder what Kendall would be like, or I wonder what she would look like, or I wonder what she'd be into. So, yeah. We were so fortunate that we had this incredible hospital in our backyard. Money is a big concern, and if you can give to help with giving the top-notch care, to have that support in this fantastic facility with all the workers that specialize in these things, and not have to worry about that piece when going through something like this was what we needed. There was always hope. And that is it. That is it right there. It's it's about the beacon of hope that is Phoenix Children's to not only this community, but so many other families all over the Southwest that actually come here. And this is the reason why you hear that music right now. And that means your donation is going to be matched. We've got a match going on right now, 602 $20 a month, man. That's all we're looking for, $20 a month, and you become a champion of hope for the beacon of hope that is Phoenix Children's. Yeah, Madame Holmes is providing that match, and also want to put this out there, too. Again, 602 602-933-4567. If you can't get through, we're having uh, some issues with the phones, then just text GIVE to 620-620. So, Wolf, that's the other way you can do it. If you're, if you're calling in, you're trying to donate, we know there's you know four, five, six, maybe a lot more of you right now that can that could chip in. It would be huge. It would make a huge difference. The number is 602-933-4567. But if for some reason that, that number isn't working when you call in, you can just text GIVE to 620-620 and, and work around the phone issue that way. 
that sound, of course, means it's time for the train teddy bear express, which means more teddy bears are going to the children of Phoenix Children's Hospital. And like Wolf said, if you become a champion of hope for $20 a month, one of those teddy bears will be delivered to a patient in your name. And you also receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. All right, when we come back, we will get back into football. How far can accountability go in an NFL locker room? We're going to discuss that with Lorenzo Alexander as the lowdown continues next. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Even one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Zoe is here for one more segment. We want to make the most of that. I do just want to get this message out, though, again, because we're having some issues with the phone lines. If you are calling in to become a champion of hope, you might be able to get through. But if you can't, then uh, you can just text GIVE to 620-620 because we're having some Internet issues around the building. Let's say that one more time. Text GIVE to 620-620. You can donate that way as well. All right. Now, we had this conversation a little bit earlier. Wolf, uh, I want to get Zoe's thoughts on this, though. I think he's the perfect guy, actually, to talk to. we played the clip. Hollywood Brown spoke yesterday. I'll, I'll play both of them again. They're both pretty quick. He spoke yesterday for the first time, really, publicly since uh, since the speeding incident. Uh, and just learn from it. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy to get in trouble. So, you know, I just put it in my past and, you know, make sure I'm always doing the right things at, at, at all times. And you followed it up with this? Uh, I mean, very disappointed. I mean, I got a lot of kids that look up to me, so I want to set the right example at all times. So, Zoe, we were talking about this earlier. And I get it, like, you know, there's a certain level of burnout, right? If you're a fan, you're like, okay, well, you know, this guy's getting in trouble. Well, Hollywood Brown hasn't gotten in trouble before. I'm not trying to absolve if he was really doing 126 and a 65. That obviously he and a lot of other people are very fortunate that that didn't get really bad. And all he got was a, was a, a ticket and got arrested. But, right. um, but at the same time, you know, if he really, if he hasn't gotten in trouble in the past and he's trying to get better about it now, there is room for second chances too, huh? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's always room for it's growth. I mean, he's a young man. Um, and again, you know, if you're gonna be honest with yourself, you've been there too, right? And I know we all didn't go 126, but you probably didn't have a car that went 126, <laughs> right? You know, we talk about guys blowing money. You probably never had that type of money to blow. So I don't. I, I say that because I don't want people to judge. Like, man, what are these dudes doing? If you're in those same positions when you're that young, you may make the same mistake as well. And so it's all about him moving through it. And so his biggest thing, and I don't know Hollywood personally, but just in those few statements, okay, he's aware, right? Aware of his mistake, right? He's aware of the impact that his mistake has on his fans and the younger generation that's watching him, right? And so now all I can do. Especially if you if you have a relationship and I and I trust you to to some degree already. All right, now let me see what you look like moving forward. It's one thing to do all those things and then two weeks later 
you know, you show up late for a meeting, right? Yeah. Or you come lay out late to practice, or you have another encounter with the law, mm-hmm. or maybe I, I see on your Instagram you out at the club before a game, right? Then that's when you start to worry, right? Guys make mistakes, and it's all about how they shift and change, and do they move forward? What, who is he? Ninety-five, ninety-nine percent of the time, right? That's what that's what I want to see. We all get blown up over some of these things that guys do. We make mistakes, and yes, that's true. But who is he? Ninety-nine percent of the time, that's who I'm judging him in the locker room, right? And then, then obviously, what is he doing on the field? Because sometimes those things kind of carry out onto the field too. If you're not trustworthy out in this space as a man, sometimes that trickles in. You don't know quite what you're doing, which can lead to me getting hurt, which is the ultimate. That's why accountability, it leads to trust in the locker room. That's why it's so important because if you're not accountable on the football field, I, it could lead to me losing my job or, or ultimately getting hurt because you didn't block somebody, didn't run the right route, wh- whatever it may be to lose to, to distraction. So that's how the two are connected. And so that's why I always, as a guy, I want to I want to get great men. I want to have great men in my locker room that are talented because I know if you're a great man, you're going to be most likely a great football player and do all the things, right? But if you're just a great football player, I don't know. You may not be available to be a great football player, right? And so that's the way I'm always thinking um, as far as player development, bringing guys in and the, because of that impact it has on the team and in the locker room. Yeah, you know, I love that right there, the accountability that he showed and displayed by saying, hey, listen, you know, i got to learn from it. He's admitting it was a mistake, obviously. We all understand that. Uh, he said it was very disappointing. <laughs> I love the fact that he said yeah. that about himself. A lot of kids that are going to look up to me, you know, I want to set that right example all of the time. That's accountability to me. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys in, in professional sports where I, I don't know if being accountable is something that they truly want to be. I, I I believe Hollywood Brown when he says this, the sincerity. This is a guy that hasn't been in trouble. Right. So to me, I, I do believe that's very important, that kind Kind of accountability, and I also know inside that locker room. To your point, it starts with every player being accountable first. It's also a little bit different in this case, just perceptually, because, like Zoe said, even as a fan base, we don't even think we know Hollywood Brown yet because he's been here for you know a couple months, and really he's only been out at practice for a couple weeks. You know, in your experience, though, do you and maybe you were the guy that pulled somebody aside? But I mean, is there does does a player have to talk to him? Does a coach have to talk to him? Does somebody have to say anything, or is it just kind of understood? Right. So even though he's he's only been in Arizona for a couple of months, right? He's been in the league for, what is this, the third or fourth year now, right? Fourth, and, yeah. and some guys know him back to college. So a lot of guys, you know who Hollywood is. Steve Kahn know who he is based on other reports, right? And that's why it's so important about always having high character wherever you're at because that's the people talk. The league is a very small-knit family, and this happens in the real world too, so always have high character. And so guys know who he is, right? And um, whether that's good or bad, they have an idea of who who he is and who he is, and obviously Kyler knows him really well, right? And so this, again, is just that one mistake that came up, a blip. So I'm not judging you on that because I have all of Mm -hmm. these other accounts of who you are on a day-to-day basis. And so I think that's what you move forward from from that perspective. From a fan perspective, because you're not in that circle, you're not in that world, it does feel fresh, it feels new. So this is like your first introduction, like, ain't practice, and the first thing I hear about you is you getting pulled over. Oh, so it's, 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 it's 
it's two different stories or perspectives kind of happening simultaneously. And so that's why you always have a perception of guys from a far away because you really don't know them. You just know what the media and things that are put out there tell you about a guy where my my intimate personal relationship as a guy in that locker room and in the league, I have a much clearer understanding of who this human being is. And so that's why you always get like these two parallel stories. And so I had to even learn, like when we got new guys that I didn't know, I had to be open-minded and non-judgmental mm. because of what I've seen on ESPN or who a guy is versus who he actually is in person could be ultimately be two different things. What's amazing as well, too, every player needs that peer, right? Every player inside the locker oh, yeah, room, yeah, yeah. you need a peer. You need to be accountable, whether it's one individual or whether it's multiple people. You need to be accountable yeah. to them. And I love that about the yeah. Cardinals locker room. I think they've got a nice little peer group going on. No, that's good. You got you to, And you got to be vulnerable to let people to your point speak to your life and help you out and, yep. and I know you asked me have I done that I, I mean I have it's just and you have good guys in the locker room I know the Cardinals do I've t- I know I'm friends with a couple of them yeah. when they identify guys hey let me show you how you do this or you know hey this is how you be a dad right it's a whole bunch of things that is t- intentionally happening and some is just hey hang out with me and you kind of see it from just hanging out with me and, and my crew and you kind of grow up with those guys as your mentors. Well, if I always feel smarter after we talk to Zoe for an hour. Totally. That's not I even, know. like, that's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. I legitimately do. Zoe, thanks, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Always, man. Right on, man. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll get you ready for D-backs Giants with our D-backs on deck show next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. All right, Rick, what do you got? All right, guys, according to ASU football head coach Herm Edwards, Emory Jones, the transfer from Florida, will be Arizona State's starting quarterback. Nice. Nice. Wow. Not, okay. not a shock, but at least now it is official. Yeah, it really isn't a surprise for the most part, right? Because um, he's not going to walk out against NAU and be all wide-eyed as to what is going on. That's no offense to NAU whatsoever. But when you play at Florida to the degree in which Jones did, this is a guy that has some experience. Not a surprise that you'd go with a guy that not only is talented, but has some experience. Yeah, and I've heard he has looked really good at uh, at camp for the uh, for the Sun Devils as well. We'll get more into college football in a little bit. Want to hit the uh, the D backs here though? They are taking on the Giants. Twelve forty five first pitch today, following a nice win uh, last night. Um, Wolf, let's start with on the farm. It's brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. Got the Reno Aces taking on the Salt Lake Bees today at six thirty five. The Amarillo Sod Poodles against the Midland Rockhounds at five, and the Eugene Emerald will uh, be visiting the Hillsborough Hops at 105. So that is on the farm. Before we get into the pitching matchup, I want to play this clip from yesterday. The uh, the D-backs get the win. Stone Garrett gets called up, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and he ends up scoring the winning run in the game last night. I mean, he had a, a and, and pretty good game. And it's not like all of a sudden that's all you heard about was Stone Garrett, right, Basinonians? I mean, think about it, right? It's not like Corbin Carroll. It isn't. It's not like 
uh, it's not like Alec Thomas when Alec Thomas was coming up and everyone knew, oh my yeah. goodness, even even Dalton Varshow and bringing, I mean, it's not like all these names that we know from from the farm and all of a sudden, there it is, it's Stone Garrett who comes up and man, he looked great. Yeah, he had a really good game, but to your point, like this is not some prospect that you've been hearing about for a long time. Okay, yeah, he's going to make his debut, it's just a matter of when. He ended up going two for three in the game, as I said, he scored the winning run, but this is before the game. Uh, the D-backs tweeted this out. This was his call with his parents. Okay, Wolf, you haven't heard this yet, so this is, this is intentional. I want to see your genuine reaction. This is part of it. He called his parents to let them know he, he finally made the big leagues, all right? Where you at? I'm at home. Are you in bed? No, I'm in the uh, bedroom. Can't see me. Where's mom at? She can't be. She put my insurance somewhere. Can you ask her? Can you go get it real quick? I'm lying. You know I'm calling you? Why? I'm going to San Francisco tomorrow. I'm going to the big leagues. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, book your flights. Oh, man, that is so cool right there. I did not hear that. That's what it's all about right there. Oh, man. Mama, of course, jacked up. We had to cut it down a little bit because this is a tight segment, but uh, the best part, Wolf, is towards the end of the call. They're like, so do you need your insurance card? He's like, no, that's not, was just, that was a lie to get you both on the phone so I could tell you I'm going to go play baseball in the big leagues. And then Wolfie promptly goes out there as a couple hits, scores the winning run, drives in a run. And after the game, and this story has now been resolved, but they were interviewing him on Bally Sports. And he's like, if you look up in the crowd, because you know, he got his parents out there to right. the game quickly. He's like, I guarantee you my dad is wearing a Giants jacket right now because he didn't pack for a cold game and I'm sure he had to go to the team shop and just buy whatever he could sure enough the camera pans out and his dad's out there like kind of turning away from the camera because he's got a Giants jacket but they uh, they they were tweeting it out this morning they uh, he's he's now fully clad in D-backs gear that's so very cool well done stone man so jacked up for him yeah that was a cool story all right let's get to the pitching matchup for today it is brought to you by Native Interiors your home your way let Native Interiors the flooring experts match up your vision to your reality. Text floors to 620-620. This is a pretty good pitching matchup today. Zach Gallen on the mound for the D-backs. 8-2, a 2.94 ERA, 120 strikeouts. I don't have to tell you about Zach Gallen. Logan Webb on the mound for San Francisco. He's 11-5 with a 3.00 ERA and 124 strikeouts, Wolf. So two pitchers with very similar numbers. Yeah, this is going to be a tight game, you would imagine, right now, right? It's been a tight series for the most part. Um, Zach Allen just on fire. Merrill Kelly as well. The starting pitching, I think, overall for the Diamondbacks has really been incredibly strong, and it's something that I know Mike Hazen believes in. You know that as well, starting pitching, pitching in defense, of course, and how how important it is to this team to win. So, yeah, looking forward to today's matchup. We just had Hazen on yesterday, and what was one of the things he said about how he wants this outfield defense at some point to either be the best 
in Major League Baseball, or I think he kind of tempered expectations for himself relatively to maybe he'd settle for top three in all of baseball, right? Alec Thomas is making ridiculous catches every night, it seems like. He took that home run back from C.J. Crone in the the Colorado series, but uh, how about Dalton Varsha with a crazy play out there too last night? That was absolutely incredible right there in Triples Alley, of course. Dalton Varsha makes a play on a ball as good as it gets. He runs it down, runs down an extra base hit and it was full speed. I'm talking full speed stride, full extension up, glove up and then wiped out onto the warning track in Triples Alley, man. And then he got off the ground. To me, this is the part I loved. Because this is the the juice of this team going forward. This is the young gun that he is and the juice of this team. He got up in the emotion of actually making that play. He was like, and he got off the ground and stood up. That, to me, got me jacked this, up, this, man. This team... They, not, they do it. They've got, they're, they're a fun team. Now, look, I mean, they'd be a lot more fun if they were a playoff team. I don't want to get carried away, but you can see the stuff you're talking about. Look. Like, they kind of got an edge. You got these, Dalton Varsho, I still, and this is probably unfair. I think of him as like, hey, that's a catcher they have playing the outfield. No, no. He looks like a center field playing the corner spots too at this yes. point. Can um, you imagine that outfield? What they, Alec Thomas is going to play center field and then Corbin Carroll. Where do you get you put? Okay, left field, and then you got Dalton Varsho. Over, I honestly you got Drew Jones too. Drew you have, Jones, you're going to have three center fielders gonna, in your outfield. Oh, Jake McCarthy. Yeah, <laughs> are you gonna what are you going to do with Jake McCarthy? There's other man. outfielders in the system too. I mean, they are they are loaded there. But I still I like that they just took Drew Jones anyway, even though that wasn't a position necessarily of need. You think about it too. I just want to say this quickly, McCarthy. What a huge clutch hit he had in the mm-hmm. eighth to drive into yeah. to actually take the lead. How about a comeback win, man? Comeback win so cool for the Diamondbacks, of course, when you're the team that comes from behind. Yes, and, and, wins. and you get the win in San Francisco. Unlike the too. night before. Oh, yeah. uh, let's get to the keys to the game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Keys to the Game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. Well, if I'm going to keep this simple, these have been pretty low-scoring games against the Giants so far. Got to get the bullpen to close games out. They were able to do it last night, but you start to look at some of the numbers. 22 one-run losses this season. The bullpen has 29 losses for the D-backs. Melanson and Kennedy alone have 16 losses. If you just win half those games, you're basically in a playoff spot right now, believe it yeah. or not. Well, you know, it'd be great if you didn't start the inning off by striking a guy out. And, and having suddenly... him get the first anyways. <laughs> no! How many people did that? How many uh, people watching that game were like, no! Like we really got Going down this yeah, path. no, it's so it was great to see Mark Melanson actually come through in that situation right there. A great play by Perdomo. Uh, the MLB standings are driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. And look, you know the D-backs are not going to make the playoffs this year. But what the stat I just gave you is legit, and probably a conversation we need to have later on this week. They are right now ten and a half games out of a playoff spot behind San Diego whose payroll is through the roof. But yeah, I mean, if if Mark Melanson and Ian Kennedy only have eight losses instead of 16, if you win 11 of those 22 games you've lost by one run, if the bullpen has 15 losses instead of 29... 
you're right there in a we're not like, hey, this is improvement. You yeah. need a playoff spot right now. Yeah, you would be. Um, listen, I'm so encouraged when I think of the Diamondbacks right now. Coming into this season, I thought they could possibly win 75 games. And if they, they've got 45 games left, if, if in fact they were to go 500 the rest of the way, I think they, that put them right near 75 as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that, uh, maybe tomorrow. We've got a loaded show today, but that, that's a real conversation about where they would be if they just had, you know, okay bullpen play this uh, season. When we come back, we'll take you through the top stories of the day. Wolfing Down Your Lunch is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. You've been listening to D-Backs on Deck. Brought to you by 72 Souls. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72soul.com and by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger for a limited time only at Sonic.